We're in the book of Ephesians, which is a letter written by the Apostle Paul almost 2,000 years ago uh, to a church in modern-day Turkey called Ephesus. And this church was established by um, him originally. He was there for a number of years, and then he left and sent a letter to them some years later to really just give them an incredible theology of their salvation, about what has happened um, spiritually between them and God, but then to take that and to show what that looks like practically in everyday life. Um, and so we've done, I don't know, 30 or so sermons or something on this, on this book, and we're in our second last one today. Um, and we find ourselves in this section on spiritual warfare, the reality that we have an unseen enemy, Satan, um, and that he's actually out there to try and destroy our lives and destroy our joy in Christ. He's leading everyone away from Christ. And so we're in this need of having spiritual protection. We need to go to war. And so Paul finishes his argument in Ephesians by bringing everything together in battle imagery, that we are all that he said about all the blessings, all the harmony, all the unity of the church, all the growth, everything, all the putting off of sin and everything culminates in spiritual warfare. Um, which is probably not our, our normal way of thinking about life because things are so peaceful and prosperous at times. But nonetheless, this is the actual reality we are in. So would you open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10, and I'm going to sort of do a bit of a, um, a mishmash reading to get you know the sense of the passage. So just kind of follow along as you can. I'm going to put a timer on. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 14, stand therefore. And verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless the preaching of your word this morning. Amen. If you'd like a title for today's message, it's Spiritual Warfare Part 4. There we go. But the real title is Prayer Warriors. Prayer Warriors. Um, I'm going to begin by reading a little story that I found on um, in D.A. Carson's book, A Call to Spiritual Reformation, or it's been rebranded recently called The Prayers of Paul. Um, and he tells this sort of funny and amusing story. And so I'm going to read that to you to kind of illustrate where we're going today. Lillian Guild tells an amusing story of an occasion when she and her husband were driving along and happened to notice a late modeled Cadillac with its hood up parked at the side of the road. Its driver appeared somewhat perplexed and agitated. Mrs. Guild and her husband pulled over to see if they could offer assistance. The stranded driver hastily and somewhat sheepishly explained that he had known when he left home that he was rather low on fuel, but he's been in a great hurry to get to an important business meeting 
so he had not taken the time to fill up his tank. The Cadillac needed nothing more than refueling. The guilds happened to have a spare tank, a spare gallon of fuel with them, so they emptied it into the thirsty Cadillac and told the driver of a service station a few miles down the road. Thanking them profusely, he spared off. Twelve miles or so later, though, they saw the same car, hood up, stranded at the side of the road. The same driver, no less bemused than the first time and even more agitated, was pathetically grateful when they pulled over again. You guessed it. He was in such a hurry for his business meeting that he decided to skip going to the service station and press on in the dim hope that the gallon he'd received would take him to his destination. And Don Carson says, It is hard to believe anyone would be so stupid. Until we remember, that is exactly how many of us go about the business of Christian living. We're so busy pressing on to the next item of the agenda that we choose not to pause for fuel. You see, brothers and sisters, we've had three sermons now on spiritual warfare. We've seen the danger we are in and the need that we have. Yet how prone I am and perhaps you are too to keep on driving on in our life in the vain hope that we'll get to the destination and that everything will be fine without stopping for fuel. Today's text finishes Paul's section on spiritual warfare, and it's like the little fill tank warning signal on your dashboard. It's a signal alerting us our desperate need for spiritual fuel in the battle. Clinton Arnold says it like this. Prayer is the essence of spiritual warfare and the most important means by which believers are strengthened by God. Just like a car cannot go on driving without fuel, nor can we go on spiritually without prayer. And we will see today that primarily we engage in spiritual warfare, not usually by casting out demons or burning books and things like that, but by something seemingly insignificant and innocuous, prayer. The essence of spiritual warfare is prayer. The fuel for spiritual warfare, the power that we have to actually drive through the battle is prayer. And so the main point we're going to see in today's passage is this. Every Christian is called to be a prayer warrior, fighting for themselves and those that they love. Every Christian is called to be a prayer warrior, fighting for themselves and those that they love. Now, this sermon, I don't want you to get the tone wrong. This sermon is not a rebuke. This is not Paul slapping down the Ephesians. This is actually the the commander of the army, so to speak, giving his final summons to the warriors before they go out to battle. And he's giving them these last instructions, these necessary instructions so that they can fight and they win. 
So as you hear this message, don't go into the Christian guilt trip of, oh, I don't pray enough, et cetera, et cetera. Don't go down that line. Listen in and start to get that warning signal come up, that thirst in your, in your, in your soul for more communion with God, for more spiritual fuel so you can win the battle. Three points today. Our calling to be a prayer warrior. Point number two, the prayers of a prayer warrior. Point number three, the habits of a prayer warrior. Let's join into point number one, our calling to be prayer warriors. Let's read verse 18 again. Um, And you'll notice how it was connected to verse 14. He says, stand therefore in verse 14, and then he continues in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, Keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You see, Paul's section here on prayer is not a tack on to what he's been saying about spiritual warfare, nor is it the beginning of a new section. It's not just like a a homily on prayer right at the end. Grammatically, prayer is intricately connected to the standing that Paul has called the Ephesians to. He's told them that they're in a spiritual war, that they need to put on the armor and that they need to stand. And then he's saying, so after you put on the armor, what you do is you pray. You see, the essence of spiritual warfare is prayer. It's a non-negotiable. And therefore, Paul is saying to the Ephesian church, every single one of us, whether spiritually weak or spiritually strong, whether spiritually mature or spiritually immature, every single one of us is called to be a prayer warrior. But why prayer? Why is prayer so important? You know, it seems so weak and insignificant. You sort of say these words into the air and it can sometimes feel like they just fall back down onto the ground or you pray them in your mind and they feel like they just disappear like, you know, a sandcastle as the tide comes through. But the reality is, is that spiritual warfare is a spiritual battle, not a physical one. And there's a gap between what we can do physically in this warfare and what actually needs to be done spiritually. You see, when we experience temptations to doubt, when we experience temptations to sin, when we see friends being seduced or deceived or deduced into, you know, demonic strategies, there's a spiritual gap that we can't cross physically. We can say things to them. We can ask them, you know, we can go after them. But ultimately, because it's spiritual warfare, there's actually a spiritual gap between what we can do physically and what needs to get done spiritually. And prayer is the only means that God has given us to bridge that gap, to actually make a change in someone's spiritual world, in in the spiritual reality. John Piper um, has this great imagery of prayer, that prayer is not a domestic intercom, where you're sort of like buzzing like, Uh, Can I please have a softer pillow? And then you undo it. And then, uh, can I please have a warm hot chocolate? It's it's not that kind of thing. He says that prayer is actually more like a walkie-talkie that they have on the battlefield. 
you know, we're in this spiritual war. And when you're praying, you're actually grabbing your walkie talkie. You have a direct line to the commander in chief of the universe. And you're calling upon him to get stuff done spiritually that you can't get done physically. And so when you see spiritual warfare going on in your life or in other people's lives, you see sin, you see temptation, you see deception, you see the ruin of the world. You pull out the walkie-talkie, you call in missiles from the, you know, the heavenly commander to bring about you know, destruction of the enemy's plans. Or you call down for aid and, and you know, the, the, the planes come through and they drop the care packages. That's what prayer is like. And that's why prayer is so essential to spiritual warfare because prayer connects us to the inestimable, I can't even say that word, inestimably great God who has inexhaustible power. And so when we pray, although it may feel weak and insufficient and insignificant, we're actually engaging in the most powerful resource we have in spiritual warfare. Because we are connected to the divine commander who holds all the power in the battle. We need this wartime walkie-talkie model of prayer. We need to see the urgency so that we grab the walkie-talkie and we're constantly shooting up command, you know, requests to our commander. And therefore, that's why Paul is calling the whole church to be prayer warriors. That is, a prayer warrior is someone who engages in spiritual warfare through prayer. But the reality is, is that we don't normally see ourselves as prayer warriors or even as people who need to be prayer warriors, do we? When we say someone is a prayer warrior, normally we think of unique and special individuals who seem to have an unusual pleasure in prayer like a gifting in prayer they kind of like they they do it and it's sort of special for them but we think good for you glad to have you on my team very glad that you are praying for me but you do your thing and i'll go on with my little intercom prayer and and everything will be fine we often don't see ourselves as prayer warriors or even that we need to be prayer warriors why is that I think it's because, or for a lot of different reasons, but I think for me, it's probably because I'm so blinded to the urgency of the need. I'm dulled to the threat of the danger that we're actually in. Things are peaceful and prosperous a lot of the time. Entertainment and distraction. And so I don't see this warfare going on in front of my eyes. And so I don't feel this burden or this heaviness or this sense of like, I need to talk to God to get things done in my life and other people's lives because if I don't pray, nothing will happen. Maybe you're a bit like me. You don't see the threat. You don't see the need. I think it would be different, wouldn't it, if someone came into our church one day, demon-possessed, and started throwing the chairs around the room and screaming out, you know, curses upon us all. Suddenly, we'd all become prayer warriors in that moment. We'd be like, oh my goodness, let's all pray because we'd see the threat. But in the West, most of the spiritual threat we have is through ideas and ideologies. It's through entertainment choices. And so we don't see the need. But just because our warfare is more subtle, it is no less dangerous or destructive. Just because we don't have demon-possessed people crashing into our service 
doesn't mean we're not being deceived, led astray, and destroyed by the enemy. And thus, each one of us needs to see ourselves as a prayer warrior. The only people that aren't prayer warriors are those who want to lose the battle. Those who want to consistently lose in spiritual warfare. So if you want to lose, don't be a prayer warrior. But Paul here is saying, guys, if you want to stand, if you want to actually repel Satan as he comes against you, pray. Pray. This is your secret weapon. Because this is the only God-ordained means of protecting ourselves and our families and our church against evil spiritual forces. It's not an optional extra. It's like fuel for a car. We can't go on spiritually without it. So are you a prayer warrior? Is that how you would classify yourself? It's certainly not how I would classify myself. But as I was reading and praying a lot this week through the text, I I got this burden, this sense of like, I need to be one. I need to be a prayer warrior. So much rides on this. There's so much opportunity to help others and to protect myself. Are you a prayer warrior? I'm grateful that in this church, there actually are many prayer warriors, those who are committed, those who are, you know, constant in their commands, that have got the walkie-talkie always on charge, ready to go, and they're calling in the shots many, many times. But if you're someone that probably wouldn't describe yourself as a prayer warrior, perhaps you feel too weak or um, too distracted or it feels weird or too even just boring, prayer just seems boring, Um, that you don't have the spiritual strength to be a prayer warrior, that sounds too intense for you. I want to encourage you that weakness is actually the pathway to prayer. It's once we understand just how weak we are, how spiritually ineffective we are in the physical realm, that we start to see the necessity of prayer. And so if you see yourself as a weak Christian, let that spur you on to more and more prayer as you realize you can't get anything done without it. James Boyce says it like this. Our secret resource is prayer. And what makes it so important is that the weakest Christian can at any period of his life, at any moment of the day, and in any circumstance, Cry out to God for help. And hear this. And instantly have the resources of the infinite sovereign God at his disposal. Isn't that incredible? The weakest Christian can have instant access to the sovereign God and have his infinite resources at his disposal. Brothers and sisters, may I urge you, encourage you, plead with you, be a prayer warrior. Take this on as an identity for yourself, as a calling for yourself, as a duty for yourself. Pick up the walkie-talkie and call upon the infinite God. And if you're not yet a Christian, 
If you're not yet someone who's a follower of Jesus this morning, can I encourage you to consider the amazing opportunity you have if you put your faith in Christ, you have God on your side. Currently, the Bible says that if you're not following Christ, God is not on your team. He's not going on your side. And so if you put your faith in Jesus, you can have this infinitely great God working for you and not against you. So may I commend you, join his team. Leave Satan's team and join God's team today. Point number one, every Christian is called to be a prayer warrior, fighting in prayer for themselves and those they love. Point number one was our call to be a prayer warrior. But what does a prayer warrior do? What does this look like practically? That leads us to point number two, the prayers of a prayer warrior. So obviously the main thing a prayer warrior does is not make coffees, it's pray. Um, So what prayers do a prayer warrior pray? There you go, there's some alliteration for you. Well, Paul makes it very clear for us in Ephesians uh, 6.18, and he he uses the word all four times. Um, And he gives four sort of commands or four ideas about what our prayers should look like. Um, If you read verse 18 again, you'll see praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. So I just want to break down each one of those four alls to show you the prayers of a prayer warrior. So number one, a prayer warrior prays at all times. This does not mean every second of every minute of every day you have to be in official prayer time with God. But Paul here is saying that at all times, in all circumstances, in all possible parts of your day, whether it be eating, cooking, cleaning, working, child rearing, you know, whatever, you name it, it can be a time of prayer. He doesn't want there to be this, you know, just special moment where you have a quiet time or a special moment where you say grace before dinner or once a week at life group or once a week at church. It's this idea that the prayer warrior has a constant prayer life at all times, short prayers, long prayers, prayers under their breath, prayers in their head. I think Paul is basically saying here, don't just pray once or twice a day, but pray hundreds of times a day. When you see a sunset and a sunrise, when you eat a nice piece of food, when a temptation comes on the screen, when you hear a lie being spoken, pray, 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 pray. Now, this sounds, it may sound a bit exhausting and daunting. And that's why Paul says here, pray at all times. What what does it say? In the spirit. This doesn't mean you have to speak in tongues for prayer all the time, because that would be very strange walking around speaking in tongues 24 hours a day. What he means here is pray dependently on the Holy Spirit. You are weak. I am weak. I can't continuously have the strength to pray on my own. I need power from the Holy Spirit. I need leading from the Holy Spirit. You and I need the Spirit to actually help us to pray. And so we ought to pray at all times in the Spirit. 
Peter O'Brien has a great quote in his excellent commentary on Ephesians. And Peter is an Aussie, so we'll represent there. He says this, Believers are to pray continually because their struggle with the powers of darkness is never ending. You know, that, it, it sounds exhausting because it is. We are in a war. And so we need to pray at all times. So a prayer warrior prays at all times. Number two, a prayer warrior prays all kinds of prayer. Look at the rest, um, the next little bit of verse 18. It says, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. What Paul is saying here, I believe, is that he's delineating between different types of prayer. So the first word prayer there is sort of like a general, any kind of prayer to a God or a deity in the Greek. And the second prayer is specific, like asking prayer. That's what supplication means to, to ask for God to do something. And so Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, have all types of prayer be in your prayer life. That means prayers of praise and prayers of thanksgiving prayers of confession, as well as prayers of asking. Prayers where you just spend time praising God for who he is. The reason why we need all kinds of prayer is that life is varied, isn't it? Temptation from Satan is varied. And so different types of circumstances in life and different types of attacks on the enemy call for different types of prayer. You know, sometimes we can engage in spiritual warfare prayer, not by asking God for help, but by just purely adoring God. So a doubt comes into your mind of God's goodness. And so you fight that doubt by praising God for his faithfulness and his righteousness. A temptation comes your way to sin and you fight that by confessing that you are a sinner and you need help. A temptation or a doubt comes in or a moment where you feel jealous or greedy for what someone else has got, you fight that spiritual temptation by spending, you know, lengthened time in thanksgiving prayer. We need all kinds of prayer as a prayer warrior because life is varied and Satan's devices are varied. Practically speaking, one of the things that's helped me most in my prayer um, in in my life of prayer is the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. Uh, and it's helped me to have a more diverse and varied prayer life. A stands for adoration, pra prayers that are just about who God is and how great he is. C is for confession. It helps me to spend every day admitting and reminding myself I am a sinner. You know, when Satan tempts you to despair, you can agree with him and say, yes, there is so much to spare of in here, but upward I look and see him there, Christ who made an end of all my sin. T stands for thanksgiving, that you just spend lots of time thanking God and it actually frees you from all this worry and greed and jealousy. And then after you've done A, C, T, you come to S, which is prayers of supplication, asking God for things. Paul is saying here, prayer warriors need to pray all kinds of prayer. It's like Neapolitan ice cream. 
the ultimate of ice creams. You have those three different flavors and you can choose the strawberry or you can choose the chocolate or you can choose the vanilla or you can go all three in one go or you can mix it up, chalk, straw, you know, vanilla, chalk or whatever. You, that's what you can have in your prayer life. There you go. That's a good image for you. I've been eating Neapolitan ice cream this week. It's been glorious. So a prayer warrior prays at all times. A prayer warrior prays all kinds of prayer. Number three, a prayer warrior prays with all perseverance. Look at the next sentence, verse 18c. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Brothers and sisters, this warfare, this battle we're in is not a sprint. It's not like this week, engage in spiritual warfare and you're good for the rest of your life. This is a long battle. Uh, we're in this till our dying breath. And so we need to keep alert. We need to have perseverance in our prayer. We can't just charge into the battle, slay a few enemies and then sit back on our you know, chair and have a, have a beer. That, that's not the Christian life. That's not the, the, the image that Paul is giving us. It's actually that we need to keep alert at all times and pray with perseverance to pray with discipline, to continue in our prayers. If a watchman falls asleep in the night and the enemy comes in when they're unalert, there's ruin and disaster. And that's why Paul commands or you know, expresses to the Ephesians, keep alert. Because is Satan, you know, Satan is a roaring lion, prowling, seeking someone to devour. And the way we protect ourselves and those that we love is by keeping alert with all perseverance. When we give up on prayer, it's like driving with no fuel. At some point, we're going to run out and we're going to crunch to a stop and we're going to be helpless. James chapter 4 says this, You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Picking up on the first part of that section there, you do not have because you do not ask. We must keep alert and persevere in our prayer life so that we can ask for things with a good motive and actually receive them, which is what happens when we pray. So a prayer warrior prays at all times. Prayer warrior prays all kinds of prayer. A prayer warrior prays with perseverance. And number four, finally, a prayer warrior prays for all the saints. Look at verse 18d. Making supplication for all the saints. You see, I think Paul is really getting to the heart of church community here. God has bought us at a price. He's knit us together as one church family. He's expressed this in so many ways through the letter that the wall of hostility has been broken, that we're now a new temple in God, that we are God's workmanship created and formed together, that we're unified as one body, that we strive together as one people. And so how else better can we demonstrate our unity our family, and our love for one another than by praying for one another. 
by calling in with the walkie-talkie for each member of your life group, for each person in your family, by calling down help and aid from heaven, by calling down missiles against the enemy, against those who have been distracted or deceived in your group. We're called to pray for all the saints. May I ask you a question? How regularly do you pray for those in your life group, in your growth group? How regularly or perseveringly do you pray for your family members? I don't want this to be a guilt trip, but I think the reality is this. You do not have because you do not ask. If we, if we are not calling upon the Lord for our friends and family, they are not receiving spiritual grace and help that could have been theirs. How this works out with God's sovereignty is a mystery, but we are commanded here to do it because God is pleased to actually listen to our prayers, to actually answer our prayers, to actually hear in heaven and make change happen spiritually in people's lives. The greatest and most loving thing you can do for people in our church and in your family and those that you love is pray for them. And Paul isn't just thinking, well, you know, those mere mortals, they need prayer. But myself, I'm an apostle. I'm pretty G. I'm, I'm pretty good. Look at verses 19 to 20. He demonstrates that he believes he needs prayer, that without prayer, he's not going to have the effect that he wants to have. And pray also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Friends, we are called here to pray for all the saints. And may I encourage you, don't leave your friends and family unprotected. Don't leave them without the blessings and the divine aid that God promises to give them because we were too lazy to pray. So what does a prayer warrior pray? A prayer warrior prays at all times in the spirit. A prayer warrior prays with all kinds of prayers. A prayer warrior prays with perseverance and doesn't give up. And a prayer warrior Praise for all the saints. Friends, every Christian, every one of us is called to be a prayer warrior, fighting in prayer for ourselves and those we love. But how do we actually go and change, right? You know, all of us have a particular style of praying and way of living spiritually and you know, we've heard sermons on prayer before, etc. How do we actually go from where we are today to growing as a prayer warrior, to actually taking up the call to arms that Paul is laying down here and actually changing? How do we go from being, well, I think sometimes we're more like prayer poodles than prayer pit bulls, right? We're sort of cute and fluffy in our prayers, but we don't have much bite to them. So how do you become a prayer pit bull, if that's a nice image for you, or a prayer German shepherd, something like that? Well, point number three, the habits of a prayer warrior. And just shortly here at the end, I think the reality for most of us um, is that prayerlessness 
is actually a habit. We get into a habit of not praying, of not living a life of constant and dependent and devoted prayer. The walkie-talkie, you know, is at home and we go to work and then we pick it back up maybe later just before about to have dinner and then some days we forget about it and then it runs out of battery and then it feels like, oh, does it even work anymore? We get out of habit. We don't see the connection between the prayers we call in and the answers and, and we lose, you know, perspective. I don't think many of us wake up deliberately and say, no, I will not pray today. I, in fact, do not want spiritual protection. And even more so, especially, I do not love my friends and family, and I do not want them to be protected from Satan today, so I shall not pray. I don't think anyone wakes up with that kind of you know, mentality. But the reality is, is that is what we often do by our inactivity by our prayerlessness. And unless something changes, that's what's happening in our lives and in my life. So how do we build a habit of prayer? How do we keep alert with all perseverance, praying for the saints? Well, I'm not claiming myself to be any great example in prayer. I, I feel like I struggle so much with that idea of keeping alert. I go on prayer sprints, you know, like a week of prayer and a consciousness of it, and then it floats off the radar again. But there are times, and I think there are things that I've learned that may be helpful to help you develop a habit in prayer. So let me share three of them briefly with you. Number one, embrace the habit of prayer as both planned and spontaneous. So three habits. Number one, embrace the habit of prayer as both planned and spontaneous or prayer as methodical and messy. Remember that we're to pray at all times with all kinds of prayer, with all perseverance for all the saints. And this requires, I think, a habit of just constant planned prayer and spontaneous prayer. You plan a time. You make a place. It's, it's a date in your calendar. And it needs to have a, a certain, you know, unbreakableness to it so that every day there's a devoted time where you're like, this is when I pray. No matter what else happens in my day, I pray now. There's planned prayer. And in that planned prayer time, you can use things like the Acts model of prayer to help you. You can pray adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. One thing that's really helped me in my planned prayer time is to have a list. I use an app called Prayer Mate. And in that app, I have everyone's name in the church and all my family members and all my friends and everyone I'm reaching out to and all these different concerns. And I just flick through and I can just pray. And it helps me with my ADD and with my prayer life because you see the name and you can flick and you can choose how long you want to pray. And it's really helpful. Planned prayer. And then to do it in that planned time, no matter how you feel. And to pray until it feels like praying. Oftentimes we give up on prayer because it feels a bit rigid or a bit like what's going on. But the longer you pray often, the easier it gets. Secondly, in that little thing, we need the habit of spontaneous prayer. Some of us are a bit more categorical. We go, this is my prayer time and this is my lifetime and the two shall never meet. Uh, but I think if we want to be prayer warriors, we need to have a habit of breath prayer, constant prayer. Something happens, you're praying. 
you see something going on, you're praying and it's short prayers. It's quick, Lord, I need help. Quick, Lord, help that person. Ah, Lord, may you bring someone to preach the gospel. Ah, Lord, I need this. Spontaneous prayer, messy prayer, always talking. So habit number one, embrace the habit of prayer as both planned and spontaneous. It's a lifestyle of prayer. Number two, embrace the habit of prayer as both private and corporate. Often we have this idea that prayer is like me and Jesus alone and you know, it's got to be 13 hours of the day and it's got to be intense on a mountaintop with a candle and, you know, essential oils and everything going. And that's real prayer. Um, but the reality is, is that a lot of the examples we have of prayer in the Bible are corporate ones too. And um, I found personally in my life that praying with other people helps me to pray a ton easier than when I'm on my own. And so find people that you can pray with, even someone that you can call once a week and it's a 15 minute call and you pray for seven and a half minutes each. Prayer doesn't have to be private all the time. You pray with other people and that spurs you on and actually helps you to pray. And there's nothing unspiritual about praying with other people. In fact, it, you know, it demonstrates our weakness that on our own, we're so distractible, but with others, we can actually pray with greater strength. And thirdly, um, finally, embrace the habit of prayer as both personal and relational. I think one of the key problems that we have with prayer is we think way too much about prayer. So when we're praying to God, we're, we're way too focused on what we're doing and less focused on the person we're praying to or the actual need or circumstance that we have. Paul Miller says it helpfully like this. Oddly enough, many people struggle to learn how to pray because they're focusing on praying, not on God. Making prayer the center is like making conversation the center of a family mealtime. In prayer, focusing on the conversation with God is like trying to drive while looking at the windshield instead of through it. Embrace the habit of praying to God and thinking about God as you pray so that it's a personal prayer not like this structured thing which you have to generate and have all these emotions until it feels like it. The more you and I focus on God as we pray, the more relational and personal it will become and the more enjoyable and the greater longevity we will have in it. As you pray, remind yourself of his presence and his nearness of his goodness and his grace. So perhaps Three habits will help you as a prayer warrior to have both planned and spontaneous, to have both private and corporate, and to make your prayers personal. Talk to God. Don't so much think about prayer, like what am I doing, but think about him. Uh, it may help you to pray. Because every Christian is called to be a prayer warrior fighting in prayer for themselves and those that they love. What a gift prayer is. And what a mercy we have from God that we actually have prayer as a gift. Imagine if we couldn't pray. Imagine if we had no way to connect with the sovereign God and he saves us. Okay. We're saved, 
but we're totally left without that relationship. We're totally left without the walkie-talkie to say, God, I need help. God, I need you to do this. God, you're great. But the reality is, is that as we read in Colossians earlier, Jesus came to earth while we were far from him. And he disarmed the rulers and authorities on the cross by sacrificing himself in our place so that he might bring us to God, so that we can have a personal relationship with God, so that when we pray, God would actually hear and accept our prayers and be delighted to hear them. You see, without Christ, our prayers are not heard and our prayers are not answered and they're not listened to. But because Jesus came, we can pray and we can be heard and we can have answers. Hebrews chapter four says it like this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Prayer is an incredible gift. Let us draw near to the throne of grace that has been opened to us by the death of the Son and pray. Let us pick up the walkie-talkie and call upon the divine commander. Let us fuel our car so that we can actually go places spiritually and not find ourselves on the side of the road with no power to go on. We are called, every one of us, to be prayer warriors, to pray all the time, to pray all kinds of prayers, to pray with all perseverance, to pray for all the saints and to develop a habit of prayer so that as we pray, we fight for ourselves and those that we love. And by God's grace, we experience victory. Would you join me now in praying? And after we pray, we're going to sing a new song. It's actually an old one. It's called A Christian's Daily Prayer. It's by Sovereign Grace from a couple of years ago. And we're going to sing that song. And let that be a song of prayer and to teach you about how to pray um, as we sing it. Pray with me. Our Lord, I'm so aware that I'm so weak in this area. We're all weak in this area. But it's our weakness which is a pathway to you. We need you, Lord, to help us to fight spiritually. We need you, Lord, to go before us and strengthen our weakness so that we can engage in warfare prayer. Lord, I call upon you to make each one of us prayer warriors. Help us to make a habit of prayer. Help us to see the urgency, the threat, and the need for calling upon you. Help us to put on the spiritual armor through prayer. Help us to stand against the enemy through prayer. Help us to stand together in prayer. God, would you make us a praying church? Would you help us to love one another by praying for one another? Would you unite us through prayer? And we thank you that you listen to our prayers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.